Amen. Thank you so much, Kat and Leslie, for leading us um, in musical worship. Good morning, everyone. Um, what a great opportunity uh, to be back together, uh, to encounter the Lord together in community. And I wanted to make... Oh, wow. That wasn't supposed to happen until later, so I don't know what's going on. No, I don't know what's going on. So you're going to see real quick on here, tomorrow's living space chapels, the locations. You got it real quick? All I have to say is that tomorrow, uh, just to be reminded that uh, not only is night tall chapel not meeting here, <laughs> um, but there is no alternative chapels tomorrow outside of the living space chapels. So the living space chapels is simply for you to go according to your living space. And... Um, You'll get it there. So, um, but, so just be reminded of that for tomorrow. For today, uh, and hopefully this will be uh, fixed as our speaker has some great slides to share with us, but we are privileged to have back in chapel Heather Fleece, who has been uh, the junior high youth pastor at Wooddale Church for over the last 23 years. Um, she is a spark plug for Jesus, so one of the most extroverted, uh, outgoing, enthusiastic people I've ever met, uh, but she loves the Lord, she loves you, and she's really excited to be back here with you to talk about, uh, continue to talk about this theme of identity. So please give a warm Northwestern welcome to Heather, and uh, let's pray together <laughs> for her and for ourselves as she shares with us. Father, thank you so much for loving us first, and we just delight that we can declare that anthem song that Jesus we love you and help us to lean into your love together thank you so much that we are your loved ones and I pray that we would encounter your steadfast love in and through uh, continue to do so in and through our time uh, together thank you for Heather for bringing her here uh, Lord may you work afresh fill her afresh with the Holy Spirit and also us as well as we hear your word of truth through her and may our hearts be good soil to receive, and may it take root and produce, Lord, um, fruit that would last for your glory. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> oh, hi. I am Heather, and I am really glad to be here this morning, but I will also acknowledge that there's a little bit of a tension when I come to Northwestern. When I come here, I kind of feel like I'm having an affair on Bethel University. Uh, I feel like I'm uh, <laughs> doing something I shouldn't be doing. Uh, you might not know this, but back when I was at Bethel, uh, my friends at Northwestern loved to claim as their life verse, Amos 4.4. And if you're not familiar with the minor prophet, it simply says, go to Bethel, and sin. So, <laughs> they, they love to quote that and they love to, you know, think that that's where all the sin happened. But I loved my time at Bethel. And I don't know where you're at this morning, but I hope that you have at least some sense that this is a really cool opportunity for you to be here at Northwestern. I don't know if you were kind of forced to be here by your parents. Were your parents the kinds that said, uh, oh, you can choose whatever school you want to go to, but we'll pay for you to go to Northwestern. <laughs> you have to pay anywhere else that you go. Or maybe this has been a dream for you since you were on campus as a junior hire or since your older sibling went. But 
I will tell you that the four years that I had at Bethel were some of the most formative, life-changing, God-calling years in my life. And the opportunity that you have to be under the teaching of your professors who love you and who love the Lord, the opportunities you have to come and be poured into and to center on the word of God, that is not normal and that is a gift. So whether or not you're here to check off a credit this morning, I am claiming Psalm 139.16 over all of you that says that all of the days were ordained for you and written in his book before one of them came to be. So it is with ultimate confidence that I can tell you that you are supposed to be here. You are supposed to be in this seat. You are supposed to be in this place. And God has a word for you. And the only question you have to answer is, are you willing to receive it? And I just happen to get to be here and have some fun at the same time. So let me tell you a little bit about who I am. Here is my uh, family of origin, the Heinz family. Uh, do we get to see it? Have we fixed the uh, computer that had not been medicated yet this morning? Okay, wonderful. There we are. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you, this was my Uncle David's wedding. And I like to say that all of us got the memo as far as the color scheme for the day, except my brother Glenn. Glenn was just like, you know what, I'm wearing my green plaid and I don't care. <laughs> and that's pretty much how he lives life even now to this day. I'm the baby of six kids, so I'm the one in the large bib. I have no idea if that was fashionable or not, but I got to be the flower girl. And ladies in the room, you know what a big deal that is. If you've ever gotten to be a flower girl, you like arrived in life when that was the case. And I love being from a big family. I'm the classic youngest child, so I love to be the front and center and paid attention to. So thank you for being here and looking at me today. Uh, we grew up in Owatonna, just south of the Twin Cities. And I am, uh, hey, thank you. I am one of those that is born and bred Minnesota, and I prayed that dangerous prayer that the Lord will take me nowhere else because I love this place. I love ketchup. I love hot dish. I love winter. It's my favorite season, and it's coming. Woohoo! I uh, admit to you that I have what I call an addictive personality. I don't do anything in moderation, and proof of that is my Tigger room. I have an entire house, a room in my house dedicated to my earthly hero, Tigger. Um, there, there are currently 104 Tigger items in my guest room. So if you came to sleep at our house, this is where you would sleep. And I would warn you before you slept in there that a couple of them are motion detected so he talks to you when he walked by. A uh, little extreme, I know, but I love it. Um, I so I collect things that are Tigger. Um, I collect nail polish. I own 324 bottles of nail polish currently. Um, ladies, just in case you're curious, I am wearing on my fingers today from the Vegas line of OPI, Cha Ching Cherry. Uh, it's one of the only girly things about me, but I love it. Um, I collect shorts. I own 98 pairs of shorts, and I own one pair of jeans. I've worn jeans once in the last 23 years. I was horseback riding in the winter with two of my junior high girls, and they're like, Heather, for your safety, you have to wear jeans. I was like, fine. But otherwise... I love to wear shorts. Um, I collect festive headbands. I own 49 festive headbands. You're getting the subtle tiaras today, but usually they're boppers around my head. Um, I have 18 tennis skirts. I have 37 pair of tennis shoes. 
And I have one husband, <laughs> so I'm thankful for that. Yep. Uh, this is my current family uh, loving the Minnesota winter. Give it to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you know what those are? Those are St. Bernard's. Those are Beethoven's, if you grew up watching those movies. They collectively weigh 305 pounds. And if you have a dog, you probably have those cute little dog bags that have like bones on them and they're purple. And <laughs> we had to stop using those at three months because their poop is so massive you have to use two hands to pick it up. We literally use Target bags as our poop bags. <laughs> and their slobber, if it hangs down and you don't catch it with a towel before they shake, it literally hangs from the ceiling like this. <laughs> but they are so fantastic. Uh, that is Jingle Bell in front of my husband, and that's Hadley in front of me. And um, we absolutely love our life together. We don't have kids of our own, which surprises people. But um, we really do believe it is God's intention that we love teenagers. So I'm the junior high pastor at Wooddale Church in Eden Prairie. I've got a crazy amount of junior hires, and I get to go and speak with um, young people all over the nation. And Chad works at Eden Prairie High School in the IT department, and he coaches girls basketball at Minnetonka. And so our lives are filled with teenagers, and we believe that is God's plan for us, and we love it. What else do you need to know? I love the color orange. I love NASCAR racing. I love anything that goes fast, jet skis, snowmobiles, full throttle all the time. I am a Vikings fan, and when I say that, I mean, I mean that I am a Vikings fan even on the hard days. And I am a woman who knows football, okay? So uh, don't think that I'm just in it for the cute wear. No, I love football and I bleed purple for the Vikings. Um, this is not my natural hair curl. I pay to have it look like this. I get a perm every four months to make my hair like this, and I'm totally okay with that. Uh, I like to say if you don't know what a perm is, just ask your grandma, because she's still getting one, and so am I, but that's about it in the state. Uh, and I also believe that it is a sin to bore people. I have no scriptural proof of that, but I believe it. So I promise you that we're going to have a good time this morning. It is my conviction that we as Christians should be the most joy-filled, fun, life-giving people on this planet because we literally have life living inside of us. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Love it. So I was here uh, in April. I got to come on Grandparents' Day, which was so much fun. I think I might have made some of them pee themselves when I was sharing, <laughs> but they were probably wearing Depends, so it's totally okay. So... Uh, but I, I talked on one of my favorite topics, which is identity in Christ. And then uh, Pastor Justin told me that that was going to be your theme for the whole year. And I said, please let me come back. So for those of you who weren't, weren't here and for those of you who live life uh, in between, I talked about how we as Christians, actually we as human beings, tend to go to three different places to get our identity. In all my years of ministry, I'm 26 years in, I'm 46 in of living I have seen that we go to one of three places to feel our value and our worth and our identity. That we either go to performance, relationships, or appearance. Whether you're 19 or whether you're 82, you go to performance, relationships, or appearance. And I want to dig a little deeper into this idea of relationships today. 
because if ever there was a season of my life where relationships were the most important, it was college. Uh, I remember growing up in Owatonna, um, I loved hanging out with guys. I am more guy in my nature than any other girl. I love to arm wrestle, I love to shoot guns, I love to hit things, I love to hawk loogies, I love to play football. But it wasn't allowed in Owatonna because if you hung out with a guy, it was such a small community, it was automatically assumed that you were going out and then people would freak out, especially the guy. So guys were just like, uh-uh, I don't want to hang out because I don't want to deal with that drama. Then I got to Bethel in the college setting and something had changed and it, all of a sudden it became okay. And I just remember how incredible it was to actually be able to hang out with guys as brothers and sisters in Christ and have so much fun and it just awoke something inside of me. I remember how important my roommate was. I was so fearful that I was going to have a roommate who like hid in the corner knitting and like anytime anyone knocked or a phone rang, she was like, oh! Because I am such an extreme extrovert, my least favorite part of the day is showering because I have to do it by myself. Like, I love to be with people all the time. And so I was so scared that I was going to have this little mousy roommate, right? Roommates matter, friendships matter, relationships matter. If it hasn't already, your relationship with your parents is going to shift while you're here. And it's going to matter. So I think if there's ever a season in our life where we go to relationships to get our identity, it's now. And I bet if I were to do a teaching this morning on um, the five ways that you could be a great friend or the five ways that you could um, get a man or get a woman during this time, because do you know, right, if you can't find a Christian mate in this place during these four years, where are you ever going to find one? Anybody ever hear that? Man, let me just give you a little hint. God's will, God's purpose, God's power is a little bit bigger than that, my friends. But um, I would guess that you would receive that teaching and you would be like, yeah. But I would be remiss as a pastor, as someone who cares about you, as a follower of Christ, if I didn't make us take two steps back in regards to relationships. So the relationships I just highlighted are what I call horizontal relationships and they are the relationships that we have here on earth that are very tangible that we deal with every day and if you're honest the majority of your energy and your attention 98 percent of it is spent on your horizontal relationships almost completely ignoring what i call your vertical relationship and that's with the lord and I will tell you, if you want to be the best roommate, the best friend, the best classmate, the best daughter, the best son, the best whatever, you cannot do it if all your attention is here and you're not getting what you need from this relationship here. Jesus pointed it out. If you've got your Bibles, and oh, I sure would guess you would at a Christian college in chapel. Uh, I've got my orange Bible. Uh, turn to Matthew 22. I'll let you use your phones. Is that legal, Justin? Can they? I'll let you use your phone if you can ignore your Instagram um, notifications, okay? Uh, Matthew 22, starting with verse 37. If you know context, you know that the religious people of the day were not happy with Jesus. Um, he was messing up their whole system. He was refuting what they were saying, and they kept trying to keep him... Uh, on his toes and trap him and that was the case here 
In verse 35, one of them, the religious teachers, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then I love this part. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. There were hundreds of Levitical laws that the Jews were supposed to be following. And they thought they were going to trick him, but he totally gave them an answer that they couldn't go against. But I love that Jesus said, every other law you've heard is under the umbrella of love God and love other people. Right? Love God and love other people. Students, if you are ever pressed by somebody to say, what is this Christianity thing about? What is the big deal about your faith? Simply put, it is to love God and to love other people. But let's be honest that we really get caught up here. And even as Christians who are here in this beautiful place with this beautiful opportunity for these years, we ignore this. I would guess that if I came around to each of you and said, do you love Jesus? You would say, yes. I love Jesus. And I say, do, do you know that Jesus loves you? And you would say, yes, I know that Jesus loves me. But students, my bigger question for you today is are you living like Jesus loves you? Because I think it's a totally different thing. You can say all you want that he loves you. But if you don't believe it and live it out, what does it really matter? The God of the universe, the God who created majestic mountains and crashing ocean waves and little puppies, that God loves you with a fierce, pursuing, never-ending love. Do you believe that? Do you live like you believe that? I love Zephaniah 317. Um, it's another minor prophet. There's a theme here today. And it says, the Lord your God is with you. This is what he thinks. This is what he feels. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. In the context, that was for his people of Israel. And in our context now, that is for those who follow him. He loves you and he delights in you. I don't know if it's because I'm the youngest child or I'm an extreme extrovert, but I love to be delighted in. I love it when I come into a room and people are like, Hannah! I love it when people throw me surprise parties. I love it. So the idea that the God of the universe delights in me, that should change the way I live. It should change the way I walk. It should change the way that I hold myself. It should change what I see in the mirror. That God delights in me. He loves me and he loves you. Now I know the tape that's running in your head. Heather, that's great for everybody else in the room. But you have no idea what I've done. You have no idea the thoughts I have. You have no idea what's on my record. You have no idea what I do in secret and in the dark. 
I actually guess, I would guess I have a pretty good idea. I've been hanging out with young people for a really long time, and they tell me things they don't often tell other people. But you're right, I don't know your story. But here's the beautiful part of the word. There is no asterisk at the bottom of this page. It doesn't say, I love you and I delight in you and I quiet you as long as you follow my laws, as long as you look good, as long as you are obedient. There is no disclaimer, and actually it's the opposite. In Romans 8, it says that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God that comes through Christ Jesus. Absolutely nothing. So I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your history is. It doesn't change the fact that he loves you and he delights in you. And think about it. If that kind of love is streaming into you, students, what do you think is naturally going to come out of you here? A supernatural love and kindness and compassion and gentleness toward everyone else around you. I love relationships. They matter to me. And I can tell you that when I'm starting to have tension in, I would say, two or more relationships in my life, I have forced myself to look back here. Like maybe my sister is annoyed with me and somebody at work, it's just not going well. Or maybe Chad and I have a tension and my mom is frustrated with me. I force myself to look here and students, if I'm honest, most every time this is not going well. I have ignored this and the natural consequence is this is clogged. So how is this for you? Now, I say God's here. I say others are here. What's in between? What's in between? Me, you, right? I said we have to take two steps back. You want to do this well? You need to receive the love of God well and believe it. But you also need to love who God created you to be. I have been in so many situations where I have not been doing well loving who God created Heather to be. And man, this stuff gets icky. Truth, honesty, I play tennis. Uh, Last year I was at a drill and I was playing doubles with my friend Maria. And I'm a really good singles player, okay? I have some control issues, but I have an amazing cross-court forehand. And when my first serve is in, watch out. But I'm not an awesome doubles player yet. It's a totally different game, which is weird. And I feel incompetent when I'm there. And, and, and she was frustrated with me because I wasn't moving where I was supposed to move. And I almost hit her three times with my serve. Sorry. Um, and she was frustrated. And we, we got off the court and she went into the lobby area and she was standing at the counter next to my coach. And as I walked through, I swear she was talking about me. And so I said, go ahead and keep talking about me. I'll be right over here. I'm 46 years old, and that's what I said. She's from Columbia. She was not happy, and she let me know it. She came at me, and she said, I was not talking about you, and I don't behave that way, and blah, blah, you know, she was not. I had to send her a text later on that day, and I said, I'm so sorry. I was having a really vain, insecure Heather day. And it came out on you, and I'm so sorry. 
when you are struggling here to receive this, this is not going to go well. And when we're talking about identity, friends, this is what it is. Do you believe that God loves you? And do you believe that you are who he says you are? That you are his child. You are redeemed. You are forgiven. You are delighted in. And you were made with purpose and on purpose. Do you believe that? My life changed for me when I came to believe that. I am not normal. I never have been. And seventh grade was really where it kind of came to be. All the other girls wanted to like talk about boys and do their makeup and their hair. And I just wanted to arm wrestle and shoot guns and hit things. There's a trend in my life. And I remember I was made fun of for lots of different things, including my Christianity, how loud I was, my weight. I've never been a thin girl. And I, I just remember being so confused and thinking, I must be a mistake. I'm not like anyone else. And I'm so thankful that God entered into that time, I believe through um, the Spirit speaking to me, but others around me to say, Heather, you are not a mistake. And I created you with purpose and on purpose. And I claim Psalm 139, 13 through 16, that talks about David is talking to God and he said, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. The God of the universe, the majestic mountains, right? The crashing ocean waves, the baby puppies. That God was intimately crafting you in your mother's womb. Now, I'm a visual person, so I like to think that I was like in my mother's womb. And since I'm the sixth child, I had like um, the largest womb ever. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I'm over in the West Wing. Come on over. Like, I had space. <laughs> and I believe that the God of the universe was crafting me to be who you see today. I think he had a lot of fun when he made me, and I think he was like, okay, I'm gonna give her joy and energy that sometimes scares people. <laughs> and I'm gonna give her a love for teenagers that nobody else is gonna understand. I'm gonna make her strong, both in character and in her calves, so that when she goes, <laughs> when she goes skiing, she has to get extenders for her boots because they don't fit her calves. And he's. I'm going to make her hair straight. She's going to want it curly, but I'm going to make it straight. And the Lord was just crafting and creating me to be me. And when I came to a place in my life where I was able to say, God, I love who you created me to be, and I am going to be that girl, it was so freeing for me. So I've got another question for you. Do you love who God created you to be? Do you find your identity, your base, your foundation in the fact that he created you and he loves you and you are his child? I want to give you a little practice. Love to do this. I want you to think, what are the three qualities that you love about who God created you to be? Three qualities that you love about who God created you to be. Because in order to start believing it and receiving it, you've got to name it. So if I were sitting near you, I would say, hi, my name is Heather. <laughs> um, let's see, I'll give you one external, but two have to be internal. So I would say, I love, I already talked about my muscles, I do love those, but I love, um, I love my cheeks. <laughs> They're so chubby, like I get mascara girls under my eyes all day long because my cheeks are like, <laughs> like a chipmunk, but I love them. <laughs> 
So I love my cheeks. These, not these. I love these. Um, I don't love those so much. I got nothing. My dad gave me nothing in my butt. But okay, I digress. And then inside, I love that God created me to be consistent. I am steady. I hope that whenever you see me on this stage, on a tennis court, at Target, out at the dog park, that I would be the same person. I'm not up and down. You always know what you're going to get. I love that God made me that way. And I love that God gave me joy. I have inexplicable joy despite circumstances, and I love to let it ooze out on other people. Okay? So what about you? I'm actually going to have you do this. Adults in the room included. You're going to turn to the person next to you. I'm going to give you a minute and a half collectively to share three qualities you love about who God created you to be. Stay on task. Go. Okay, bring your attention back here. <laughs> Stop talking about yourselves. Come on, for heaven's sake. <laughs> Students, adults in the room, relationships matter. But hear me clearly, they are a bonus. They are a bonus from God. We are whole and complete, created in his image, lacking nothing. These are just a bonus. But if you want to do these well, you have got to. It is essential that you lean into this and this. And I promise if you would even split 50-50 rather than 98-2%, if you do 50-50, you're going to start to see these change. And these are going to be easier. And you're going to feel so much more confident and free because you're not getting your identity from this. So Lord, would you make it so in every one of our lives? God, our identity first and foremost is in you. It is not in what we do, who we hang with, what we look like. It is not in a label. God, it is in you, in you, in you. So would you make that evident in our lives, even today? In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed. Thanks, guys.